Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we have another youth change maker by the name of Addie Lensner from Vermont. So welcome, Addie. Thank you so much for having me, Peter. Okay, so let's talk about your education first. Where did you go to school? I um, have gone to public schools in Vermont right now. I attend Arlington Memorial High School. Okay, and what grade are you in? I'm going to be a senior. Ah, so what's next for university? That's a big question, and it's something I'm kind of still figuring out in terms of what um, what type of education I want and, you know, what, what the future looks like. So I'm not quite sure yet, but... So what's your uh, main subjects that you really, really like? Um, I've been really kind of in-depth um, interested in racial justice this past year, um, especially after... In America, with the murder of George Floyd, I think that was a catalyst for a lot of people for taking action, um, and that includes me. So that's where a lot of my interest has been, um, and just more generally in social justice and history um, is where I'm really focused. Maybe I'll become a lawyer. <laughs> we'll see, maybe. Or a politician. <laughs> maybe. Okay. All right, so tell us about your uh, organization that you've started. Yeah, so in Vermont, um, I founded the Vermont Student Anti-Racism Network. So that is a group of high school students from around our state um, who have come together because we really believe that in order to build an anti-racist society, we really need to start in our schools and with our youth. And um, we actually took a survey of students from around Vermont to see how youth you know, thought about their education in terms of racism. And more than 75% of youth said that they did not receive a substantial education on race and racism in their school experience. And so, we, as a group of students, saw that as contributing to the fact that we still have systemic racism so deeply embedded in our society with police brutality and housing segregation and all of these different things that still exist today. It can really be traced back to that, that data we took from our schools. So what we're trying to do with this network is um, create lesson plans and bring them into schools for teachers based on racism. Um, for example, we have one that we just did for high schoolers on housing discrimination. Um, and we also work in elementary schools, too, with, with those level books. Um, and we're hoping to expand and do a lot more projects this coming year um, and kind of branching out from curriculum and also working with teacher trainings um, and and, you know, kind of getting involved in also the critical race theory work that's going on right now. Um, but overall, our group is just high school students who really feel that we need to have change in our schools um, if we want to change our society, and we're trying to, to be pioneers in that. So are you working 
on secondary course curriculum or have you brought it down to elementary school? Yeah, so this past year we we did elementary school a lot. Um, we got like picture books that were based around racism and diversity and brought those into schools and did lessons on them. Um, and we also have lesson plans for middle and high school. Um, so it's a bit of everything. So not not college and university yet. Not yet, no. <laughs> but that will happen. We'll see. Okay. So what was, you're not Af African-American, are you? No, I'm not. So let's, was there somebody in your school where something happened that really triggered something for you? I think what it was for me was really what was happening on a national scale. Um, and the town that I live in is predominantly white. It's not diverse at all. Um, and I think it's like 94% white maybe. Um, and so for me, the getting the, the experience and the kind of um, exposure to these issues came from what was going on with George Floyd and with protests. Um, and I think something that's that's really important for a lot of people, like in my school and in my area, since it is not very diverse, is the fact that like as white people, we sort of have an obligation to educate other white people um, and really use kind of that privilege to try to make change. So I think that's what we're trying to do um, with this group and kind of for me also being a white person, it's um, like figuring out how to be the best ally is really hard and figuring out when you're like stepping up too much, when you need to step down, like that's a fine line and it's hard to balance it. Um, but I think to go back to, to your original question, for me really the um, – the spark came from just seeing what was going on in a national scale and how it also wasn't really being talked about in the area that I lived in. Are there any African-American students in your group? Yes, there are. Yeah. So they could uh, probably speak more strongly than even you could. Right, definitely. Okay, so the students are just in... Vermont at this point? Mm -hmm. Have you looked at expanding beyond Vermont? We, <laughs> I mean, definitely, I think it's important, um, especially as we see, like, in southern states, there's a lot of controversy going on right now in the U.S. around critical race theory and race education. So I think it is really important to expand into other states. Um, but it's something we haven't quite gotten to yet. But if any students out there are, you know, in another state or in another area and interested in starting something like this, I'd, you know, we'd love to connect and kind of collaborate on that. Terrific. Okay, here's here's a challenging question. Where's where are you and the organization going to be three years from today? Well. I think, I think we hope to have changed a lot in the next three years, and it's something we 
have been talking about as a group this past summer actually is just how do we you know what do we want our future to look like um and something we really have been thinking about a lot is the need to go more in depth in our schools with really the goal to um to like end white supremacy and to be teaching kids these really difficult lessons about about identity and about white supremacy and about racism and police brutality and you know history and all of these different things we feel like it's really important to be teaching those lessons to young people so that we can grow up and and end those oppressive systems in the first place um and so i think like this coming year we hope to do a lot more work with that even if that's like um like going into high school advisories and providing um, discussion questions on bias and, you know, uh, identity and all of those difficult topics. Um, so I think what we hope to do in the next few years is really expand to those more uncomfortable issues that are hard for young people and adults to talk about um, and really be, you know, not doing this work for the glory and the image of it, um, but doing this work to really get into the depth of, of it and teach kids about those really important things. So I hope that in three years from now, we can have hopefully inspired some, some youth to learn about those things and get involved. Okay. I see a book uh, on the horizon. Is that a possibility? Anything's a possibility. <laughs> okay. Because there is a, a book that you may want to look at. It's called The Freedom Writers. Oh, yeah. And uh, they did diaries of the students in the class about what happened to them. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, yes. It's, it's really. And uh, the, the author was a teacher. And, uh, wow. She had a very difficult class, and she got them to write diaries of what hap was happening in their life, and she put wow. it together. And then they created a movie about it. Wow. So that's a kind of an interesting one. But yeah, that's so cool. So, so, okay, so three years from now. So talk to me about how you fund what you're doing. Yeah, so that is something that as students, we've had to kind of figure out as we go, um, that like logistical piece of it. Um, but we have, we've applied for grants um, from the state of Vermont, and that's paid for like the books that we got. Um, last semester, we bought, I think, 125 books for elementary schools and donated them, and that was using grant money. Um, so that's how we've been kind of funding ourselves. Okay. Talk about the importance of partnerships. Yeah. I think that that's really important. Um, I think it can be really tempting, and this is something I grapple with myself too. It can be really tempting to want to just go ahead and take all the action and do all the work yourself and you know, just kind of, just kind of sprint and go for it and get it done. But like, 
when you're in the reality of the situation, you need to have partnerships and you need to be working with other people um, because we all have perspectives that need to be shared. And if we want to actually succeed and get things done, we need to be working together and sharing our experiences and our ideas, um, you know, and that's how we succeed. And that's something we've seen a lot in our group too is, um, you know, at first we were, a really small group of a few students from a couple different schools and we realized that it just that doesn't work you need to have perspectives from everywhere and from all different sorts of people and all different backgrounds and so we really expanded and you know met with students from other anti-racism groups in different schools and that's really where we were able to kind of hit the ground running so partnerships are really really important in doing this work do adults play a role in what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. Um, we've had a lot of support from teachers, especially um, like when we're developing lesson plans, like we're students, so we don't know how to teach kids, really. Um, we know the concepts of racism that we want to be teaching, but we needed teaching teachers help to do that. Um, so we were able to work with some really generous teachers in Vermont who were able to help us like, put that together last year. Oh, that's exciting. What about your parents? What do they think about what you're doing? They have been really, really supportive of it, and I'm, I'm beyond grateful for it um, because this type of work really takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of energy and focus, too. And so sometimes, you know, that's meant hours in my room. And I think it's the same for other students, too, who kind of get drawn into this work um, because it's so, so important to the future of our nation and of our world, really. Um, so it's, I think it's, you know, been, been a lot of work this past year, but they've been really supportive in that. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. So they understand what you're doing, or is it beyond them? Yes, they do, which is also something very lucky. I know there's definitely a, a sort of generation gap in a lot of these different things. Um, but, yeah, no, they've been really supportive and on board. Okay. So right now you're operating out of Vermont with the opportunity to go into other states and to provinces in Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's going to, you're a change maker and you enjoy doing it and you have passion for it. And it's the passion that really makes the difference. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So do you have any neighbors who are involved in what you're doing? Any neighbors? I do have, um, like, a bunch of, you know, peers at my school um, and in the community who are deeply involved in this, um, both at our school, like, individually and in the state where I work, which is really, honestly, it's really inspiring to see that so many people care because I think, and and even sometimes, like, opportunities like these might not come up and then students just might not feel like feel uh, propelled to get involved themselves but I think like when opportunities like 
um, being involved in this anti-racism work and things like that kind of um, show up in schools and, you know, for students, it's really inspiring to see how many students actually step up and want to be involved in it. That's terrific. So with this large group of students, how do you communicate with them all? (laughs) That is a great question, and it's hard. I think we've been through, like, probably, like, five different ways of trying to communicate, whether it's, like, social media or email or, you know, another app that works for a week and then people stop using it. It's hard. It's hard to stay in touch with people. Um, But I think what we've found is just, like, using a bunch of different ways of communication, um, like email for some and texting for others. And we kind of just, you know, stay in touch through there. And something else we've had trouble with is like students are busy and having, trying to have one meeting at one time a week is really hard because a lot of students just can't make it because they really are passionate and want to be involved. But like a lot of students have a million other change-making projects going on, honestly. So we've really started to like try to split up into different smaller groups within our big group to work on different projects where students can kind of have their own time and own schedule to work on it and their own way of communication. So that's something we're really um, going to start doing going into the school year a lot more. Um, But staying in touch with, with students across the state is really difficult. So Addie, talk about some of the projects that your group is working on. Yeah. So I from from last year our biggest one was what I mentioned before was the um elementary school book project that we had um where we had a group of maybe 8 of us from the network who went in through Zoom to elementary schools and um, read books to kids. Uh, For example, one we had was called A Kid's Book About Racism, and it was for, like, kindergarten and first graders, and it kind of introduced the idea of what racism is. Um, And then we had discussions with them and did kind of short activities, and we also donated other books to their classrooms so they could continue doing that in the future. Um, And we really hoped that that would kind of just spark interest and discussion among these students and we also worked with older elementary school students and that was really interesting because we you know with third fourth fifth graders we tried to talk about more issues like you know George Floyd and policing um, and kind of more in-depth issues that you can do with a kindergartner Um, and a lot of the students had a lot of really insightful things to say um, including personal experiences with racism And so it was really powerful to hear how young students have a lot to say about these things, but a lot of the time they're not given the outlet to do that in school. Um, And so we really tried to provide kind of the stepping stone to that um, by going into these classrooms and providing space for that discussion um, because we think it's really important. And it's the same with older kids too. Um, We have a project going on Um, where we're doing a really similar thing. We're donating books to high schools. Um, For example, one is called The Color of Law, and it's the one on housing segregation. And we're also hoping to do other ones on the, um, the criminal justice system and racism. 
and um, policing and yeah, kind of more, more topics like those for older students um, and give them opportunities also to do activities and discussion and get involved in their community and actually making change. So like after they read the book, they can, we'll provide them a way to get in touch with representatives about a housing bill in Vermont. So we're trying to, to just get students discussing and learning and get them involved in making change because this generation has to make the change. It's, it's time. So that is, those are our two biggest projects and they're both centered around curriculum. Um, but like I said, for the, for the upcoming year, we hope to do um, kind of like advocacy around um, race and education and with adults too, um, who are maybe not so supportive of it right now. Um, and really, you know, starting those discussions too and working on like advisory discussions with students um, and working with some teachers too. So we have a lot of ideas in the works. What about uh, the local government? Have you made any contact with either the local or the state government? Yeah, we've actually, in Vermont, we're really lucky because it's such a small state that you can send an email to your representative and hear from them two hours later. Um, so we're, we're really lucky about that. It's not that easy most of the time, honestly. It, it takes a while. But, like, um, a lot of representatives have been really supportive. We were able to meet with a few. Um, we had a Juneteenth um, commemoration where I think we had three different uh, legislators who were there. So we've had a lot of support from from different uh, leaders in the state. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's been really great to see that that leaders in our state are willing to support students and get involved in this work. So you haven't reached out to the vice president yet? <laughs> no, I think that's that's a bit far. <laughs> no, I think you should try it. You'd be amazed. I mean, you've got a great story to tell. And uh, I think she might be open. So I don't think you should hesitate. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and honestly, that's something that, that we talk about too as students is just the fact that like, the issues that we have in this world are so urgent that if we're placing a divide between youth and adults and people in power and like isolating ourselves and, you know, being afraid to reach out, like change isn't going to happen. It's, it's too, it's so kind of urgent and necessary right now that we can't be afraid to, to step out of our comfort zone and to make connections and, have partnerships between youth and adults. So, so yeah, I agree. Have you reached out to the ACLU at all? We we have not actually, but that's a good idea. Okay. All right. So, how do people reach your organization? What's what's the best website? We have a website that is it's also in the works. It's not totally uh, finished right now, um, but it's called um, vsarn.weebly.com. And I'll put it in the chat too. Um, oh, no, you so better repeat that again. Okay, it's vsarn.weebly.com. Okay. 
And there are ways to get in touch through there that you can contact us. Excellent. Okay, well, it's been a great pleasure talking to you. You have a great story personally and organization-wise. And we're going to hear a lot more of you when you meet with President Biden. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, but thank you so much, Peter. I really appreciate this. And this is such an awesome podcast you have.